Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Am I Wrong for Thinking This with Susan and Greg. This is which episode of season two? I'm going to throw out 10 or 11. 10? Yeah, we, I we, think it's 10. We may be 10 in, and we're nearing the end of, of this season because we'll start a new season in January to make it easy for us. Um, right. And we have in our, what's the, um, what's the industry term in our pre-show meeting, I guess we, we kicked around a lot of topics that we wanted to talk about. There's a lot going on in the world. Um, there is, there is. We talked about a lot going on um, in America right now. There is, it doesn't really seem to slow down. We've got, um, I, want, I wonder if like the aliens, when they drive by earth, if they lock their doors. Well, I think they, yeah, I think I think they drive by and they go roll them up. Yeah, I, I wonder if they like roll up their windows and lock their doors. And <laughs> talk well. about going to the wrong side of the universe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> on the wrong side of the what is the Milky like Way? We, or I don't know. We are the wrong side of the Milky Way, man. I think it it gets a little embarrassing sometimes to. I mean, I'm going to say, I'm sure you could get, I could get hit for that, but yeah, I just, and I don't just mean America. I just mean human nature. Like we just get yeah, caught up. I'm focused <laughs> primarily in, in the American. In the, yeah, you are. Yeah, not the America, <laughs> America, United States. I mean, just it's just really, it's what a time to be alive, I guess. Yeah. No, yeah. I think I'll, I think I'll jump on board and agree with you. Yeah. Michelle Obama said something about, she said something about, you know, I'm just, she said something about being embarrassed or when America yeah, gets, I remember that. becomes better. Yeah. And, and, and I just it was remember the first her time getting, she was proud to be an American. I think she said. Yes. Yeah. And, and then everyone just way laid on into her like, what about America before? And I was like, that was my first moment. I think realizing, I mean, because I didn't, I didn't vote for Obama. I didn't, I didn't have a huge, love or not love for them but I, I i wasn't politically supporting them but at the same time i i completely supported her as a woman and the first lady and a human right. being and i'm like i think she's allowed to say that and it it just did i was surprised by everybody going but what about before and i'm like well what about after what about yeah and it just, um, that pigeonhole people and what they could say when you say when you when you say things like what about before it's like well are we gonna cherry pick the the before because there's been some pretty bad things there have been some great things all right yeah. and so they're absolutely right they were great moments in america but if you don't recognize that there were also terrible moments in america then one mm. you're you're either naive or you're just you know resistant to the idea that America could sometimes do things that you think only other countries do. Right. And, well, and I sometimes just, worse things. Right. I am hoping I'm hoping for a change in our ability across all different kinds of people and different every I don't even want to say racism or just all of us thinking of in history, listening to history, going, oh, I'm gonna learn about that or different theories, because we can touch on critical race theory today we actually didn't talk about go ahead we talked about about doing a show on critical race theory today and for me i want to be able to talk about it 
all my knowledge. And I think our lives are so busy. I'm always a little nervous that I won't be able to go back and remember what I learned when I did listen and read about it this past month. Um, So I think we can talk about critical race theory, but, but with that to a podcast about um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, which is daunting to me as in my faith as a Christian and not because it's about this place called Mars Hill, but because it's about everybody talking on it and everybody talking, thinking they're talking about what a horrible thing happened. But I'm like, I don't think you're doing much better in this. And this is, but it's this learning about how the, the rise of um, just evangelical internet, the online churches, the podcasts, the, the one statement that was made was these men who become preachers are getting way too powerful in it. And it's speeding past their character building, you know, like their character doesn't have time to build with it. And to me, I'm or, like, just... or counter counter argument, perhaps they're showing you exactly who they are. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think I would want to have been videoed at 25 and 27 and 28 and all of my thoughts and feelings and, you know, the whole Britney Spear thing, shaving your head in front of the world after you really haven't gotten to grow up and learn who you are. So it's just captured. So I, I just think. Well, but I mean, at 25, 26, 27, you're an adult. (laughs) You are an adult. You are an adult. But I don't think we're very smart adults. I know 70, 80 year olds who are not very smart adults. So I, I'm not sure that true. it's there, there's an age qualifier for whether or not you're responsible for those words that you put out and, and the things that you say. And the, I mean, the more fearful thing for me with the evangelical leaders is the amount of power that they have. And okay, here's the thing. And the, Am I wrong for saying for thinking this? Probably, <laughs> but just go with it. The modern evangelical movement is nothing more than a cult. I am going to say yes. I think it's cult. Just like I am very hesitant to say somebody is evil because that's a whole other side of the line to me. But yeah, I will get right up no, to saying I, this I, feels I, evil and it feels cultish. I will say that. So okay, more so, of the... so you're not saying that. Well, I guess you're not saying that at all. I, I'm just, I, I don't have the, um, the intelligence, the smartness, the restraint to not call evil evil or to not call cultish behavior a cult. I mean, when you think about it, what what is your definition of a cult? What what do you consider a cult? Well, I would, I personally consider a cult where people change who they should be worshiping and worship a being or a thing or a per, more of a person and follow them blindly into whatever they want them to do. And it could become in harm's way. So Wait, I guess that's, I, I agree with every part of that definition. Except, except the last part. The very, no, <laughs> no. The very first part, I agree with the last part completely. The first part, you said people change who they should be worshiping. So who's to say who you should be worshiping? I mean, because if you're Buddhist, then you think you should be worshiping Buddha. So who's to say who you should be worshiping? So I agree with that definition in every aspect except for the very first part. 
So people decide that they're going to blindly follow someone and it's generally a central figure and you're generally led to believe that your actions will eventually lead to a net goal that is that is the goal that the entire movement is seeking and people will begin to blindly follow that and usually to their own detriment and are harmed. So right. I don't know if you remember, I'm old enough to remember the Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> what, do you I remember don't. that? Oh, <laughs> no. wow. Okay. So Heaven's Gate, there was, I, I think the guy was like a, a washed up actor or something. He starts a cult and he has all the men to castrate themselves. And they all dressed in one night, they all dressed in um, black sweatpants and Nike shoes, black and white Nikes, and mm-hmm. took some poison. And I do, left. I know, I did read about it. I didn't know the name of it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I then they, they, mm-hmm. they laid down and waited. I think it was a hail, hail, hail come the hail, hail comet that was coming by. And there was going to yes. be a spaceship following <laughs> along behind. And so they wow. took the poison, laid down, and then they're souls were going to be transcended onto the spaceship that was a comet that was going to pass by earth mm-hmm. so i'm old enough to remember that cult i'm even old enough to remember the jim jones cult you know when down in um kind of when he convinced all the people to to drink from the kool-aid you know and that's where I the turn don't drink the, the kool-aid. kool-aid yeah i think yeah. that's the one that i remember the most i don't think i remember the first one but I also I kind of wonder as we're talking about this because we of course get off topic, but I'll bring us back around. But is like a cult maybe just the macro level of a click? You know how you learn about clicks and there's just this following and group of people, and then a a cult becomes bigger because the way you described cult, and I agree with you. I can knock off that first part of my definition, but I refer always back to my faith that you know I'm not supposed to worship any other god. And so for me, it's like, am I actually has, but do I neither, have my focus? Neither are cult members. Right, right. But I also am given choice in mine so that I think they're very separate. But I think I just add that in there just because that's why I don't call anybody evil. That's not my place to call somebody evil. I know that it feels evil and I'm going to back out of it, but it's not my place to decide what people are. It is my choice to be around them or not. So okay. I think that... So- did you look it up? No, I'm 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 trying to okay. digest what you said. Now I keep cutting you off, and that's why I'm a terrible podcast co-host. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's not. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, you you because I was I was into your 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 thinking because it was you were making some good points, and I messed it up. Go ahead. I don't remember what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm I, so um, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. Um, well, um, it's completely my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I think that we kind of agree with, with um, well, I think we agree with the cults issue, but I'm kind of listening to us talk about this cult and how it's such a following. And I think there's the extreme issue of cult. And I would put cult when people are harmed and when they, they are taken away from actually growing on their own and making choices and they, they choose not to think of themselves. And it's almost like just, like bringing back critical race theory, bringing back this, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, which to me is very cult-like. That's where we see this because I was talking to, cause I'm not enjoying this podcast. It hurts. Like it's uncomfortable for me. I don't like listening to it. And it kind of makes it not kind of, it, it creates this doubt and maybe 
whatever the words are before paranoia, you know, just unsure of like, who are you supposed to trust when you have all these churches growing and trying to get big and make tons of money, which we're on the tail end of that because everyone's realizing you go into some churches and all they're trying to do is, is get big and make money and become famous. And, and so to me, yeah, I think that it has turned cult-like and two things. One, I think it's important to listen to it, even though I was telling kind of my, our group at church last night, and then I was talking to Brian and I think I was telling our son about it. I go, you know, the thing is, it's important to listen to it because it is our history for me. It's my history in the past 20, 25 years as a young adult growing, you know, growing in my faith and listening to certain certain sermons and thinking of what I want to think and who to believe because this one man that I listened to several times linked his sermons on the podcast on the sermons I listened to online and then he just poof disappeared and it was because he was with Mars Hill and the whole place just disappeared and um it's basically about how narcissism comes up in the church and so I think that is somewhat of a cult following even following picking out what was going wrong and picking it apart there's somewhat of a cult in that you know um they all come together and you know it's like the in the chicken coop they they peck the sick one they peck the the harmed one to death you know right and um i'm like but they're no better they're probably just as sick at some point in time but then i also think about it's important to learn that because i need to understand that history and it does hurt but i also think it's important to listen to critical race theory, because we've talked about that before in the sense of it being a theory. And now after listening to several different podcasts that were really more purist and just wanting to talk about critical race theory, um, I learned a lot from it. And then I listened to a couple podcasts of the conservatives that I've listened to and kind of thought, oh, I'd probably agree with them because, you know, they're Christians and because, you know, we probably have similar conservative thoughts. I did not enjoy listening to them at all when they talked about critical race theory. Um, I learned more from the guys, and I can't think of the podcast. Um, I have to look it up. Um, what they're called? It discriminology is one of them, and then one called systemic. So you can tell they're all going to be talking. Critical race theory is going to be something that they believe in. Sure. Um, and so after I learned about it and really listened to just the theory, and as you and I have said, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it, it does kind of evolve, which of course theories do, but I think it's also evolving politically in people's heads because of what we hear. And, um, but it would just, it was, I learned from it, just like I listened to the 1619 Project and I learned from that. And, and I'm sure there are people that I know who I've told to listen to my podcast and they don't ever come back and talk <laughs> Because they're like, uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. You, you get more feedback on your side from people that you tell than I get feedback because I don't think a lot of people want to give me feedback because they don't know it. <laughs> and I really thought it might but, be but, the other way, but it's not. Like, you you thought that they would come say, "This is where I think you're wrong," or or are they just kind of like listening to maybe five minutes of what you're saying and going, yeah, I'm not going to listen to that. I don't know. Like, I really kind of yeah. wonder. Because like, you I've, don't get the feedback. I get none. And we do get a little bit from people that you've kind of talked to about it or who have contacted you and said, hey, that was really good. Hey, that really yeah. made me think. And, um, but I, I'm, I'm seeing the, 
I feel like the conservative side is not as open to just talking about it, or maybe they just don't want to tell me they disagree with me, which I would love to hear so I could talk about it and learn. But um, I, I cannot say that that shocks me. Okay. I know that doesn't shock you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot I, I cannot say that I'm shocked that the conservative side would not be open to just dialogue about an issue as opposed to saying, no, this is the way it should be. This is the way it needs to be. And if it's not, then we're going to get rid of it. Right. So let's just use this as an example because Brian and I had a great conversation and it was a couple days after I listened to the two podcasts that were just straight up critical race theory names but it's like they studied it and and they used the books that what was the guy's name Delgado the original book where he introduced critical race theory so they they talked about the books that were written about it and then they just discussed it um so it was sort of like reading the textbook about it instead of listening to the cliff notes by people who believe and don't believe it which that just drove me crazy um (laughs) So anyway, so listening to it, I was like, God, that's just interesting. So it gave me knowledge and I can disagree in some areas and, and agree. But what the cool part was, is Brian kind of came into a discussion with me about Rittenhouse. Um, and he was like, so they're calling him a white supremacist. And I was like, he goes, I, that just, as soon as I hear that, I'm just like, I don't get that, that it, I kind of shut down because I don't understand. And I hope it's okay for me to tell Brian's thoughts <laughs> but, may have been a good idea uh, to ask, that's to all right. ask before you did but we're it's into okay. the soup now so <laughs> we we are he's used to getting or knowing about it later um so as we discussed it so i'm just going to tell you based on what i listen to and what i i i understand about critical race theory whenever he he said, well, I just don't understand why they're calling him a white supremacist. And I said, well, I understand why in my, based on my opinion, I go, I don't, I don't agree with it, but I think within the theory, there are some that are a bit extreme. I think it's extreme. And because of his ability to go through this and shoot two people and not be in jail and not have to, and not just be sitting in jail and waiting for someone to say he didn't, you know, do some felony or it wasn't, you know, straight up manslaughter. I said that murder, it, the white supremacist is just more of an inherent. That's who he is because he's grown up white and he doesn't get thrown in jail immediately. If he was black, he would have been thrown in jail immediately and waited to be seen if he was. So for me, I just kind of went straight to that. To where I, that's the extreme part. I think I understand and if that okay, is can, not what can it I, is, can I quibble? then I don't get it. Yes. No, that's what so I want. So your explanation is spot on for the concept of white supremacy. But I agree with Brian and you that that doesn't make Rittenhouse a white supremacist. Right. He, he's just benefiting from an entrenched system. That doesn't make him a white supremacist, that just makes him a benefactor of that, okay? So, and and here's the thing. Um, Despite the the shenanigans of that trial, and I use the word judge loosely, but despite the shenanigans of that trial judge, the jury got it right, okay? People may be be shocked to hear me say that, but 
the jury absolutely got Rittenhouse correct. Um, yeah. I, I think that Rittenhouse is a victim. If he's a if he's a victim of anything, I think he's a victim of having a crappy parent. Thank you. That's what I would like to say. Because <laughs> I, what is... I, I think the only thing that he could be found guilty of is something that he has no choice in the matter. And that is having a crappy parent. His mom is a piece of crap. His mom bought a 17-year-old a rifle, indoctrinated him into a belief, and took him across state lines to a riot. And that that wasn't a demonstration. That was a riot. That was a full-blown riot going on up there. And honestly, most of the people riding didn't really have a stake in that game, mm-hmm. if, if, we, if we're just being honest. Because... The two people that Rittenhouse killed, and whether he was justified or not, he still killed them. Okay, he pulled the trigger on a weapon and killed them. Now, was he justified in doing it? In my belief, based upon the evidence that I saw, and granted, I didn't watch the trial nonstop, but based on the, just watching the video alone, leads me to believe that he he has a an arguable and and legitimate case of self defense. Um, Right. So, and and the two people that he shot, I mean, you know, they were they were anarchists. They weren't there to to champion the cause of ending police brutality or stopping the unnecessary killing of black people. They were there to cause mayhem. And, right. Well, I think um, this is, but I think this is. See, I got to cut you off once. I think that this is this is a good example of when like my husband and I are sitting and I didn't watch or listen or read about it until after, till you started seeing evidence and they were talking about the evidence. So I just, I was like, I don't even want to, I don't want to know about it until you can kind of see the whole story, if that's even the whole story. Um, So this is maybe a little bit of my ignorance as I talk about it, but maybe not. I think that's kind of a smart way to do it, but (laughs) that's just me. But I think hearing white supremacist and this being a race thing and then continually and maybe that's like my conservative side of news where I still haven't stepped out of that and just gone to something so much more or whatever the word would be neutral but I it just seemed like such a race issue and then after a while I'm like this is a race issue except the fact if I were black I would be going if he were black he'd be in jail because that's what I keep hearing that's what I keep learning as I've yeah. talked to you and as I read articles and when I listen to I the critical race theory. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. I mean, you know, the majority of, of black people, we're just kind of sitting around going, no, I mean, that tracks, you know, no one, yeah. no one is shocked when, when he's, he's allowed to be out on bail, palling around with, with known white supremacists. Now I will say this, the people that scream the loudest that, this isn't about race. A lot of those people, and I'm talking about more of the public figures, a lot of the a lot of those people kind of kind of tip their hands that actually it was about race all along because he gave his interview with that that person on Fox News. And the first thing he said is that I support Black Lives Matter. And the conservative movement as a whole <laughs> lost their mind. And Twitter was a fire. And and honestly, I just sat back 
and enjoyed reading the, the tweets that I well, see, knew were going to come as soon as he said it. <laughs> okay, so I don't even know how to diagram that because one, I just, I'm, I don't care. I hate to say that, but like, why did he go on? And that was Brett Bear, I think. I didn't, no, I didn't it was, watch it. It was, uh, it was that little dweeb, Tucker Carlson. Tucker, Tucker Carlson, who you won't yeah. say his name. I wouldn't. Like, I didn't watch it. I don't know. I haven't seen either of their shows. I like Brett Bear. I haven't seen any of the other shows in a long time. So I don't really watch them anymore. But again, I don't watch any of them. But when I saw them say the Black Lives Matter, he goes, Black Lives Matter. I, I, I'm, I'm losing my understanding of the point of all of this. Doesn't it just, like, what was that for? In, what do you mean, what was that for? Like, What is that? What is that, him saying that statement, when I say that, I mean kind of like that little firecracker or that little- Oh, I, I think it's there. because Carson has, has, he tried to build him up and say, you know, people have said you were racist, you were white supremacist. Okay. And I think it was in response to a question from from that little guy, Tucker Carlson, what, what, do, you, what do you say to that? And he was like, you know, I support Black Lives Matter, but that's not me. And, and when he was in the bar throwing up the um, the white supremacy sign, he said that he didn't even know what that was, and that the only reason he took the photograph is because his lawyer, who he fired, told him to take the photograph, and that's why he that's one of the reasons he fired his first lawyer. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and believe him on that. The people that did not give him the benefit of the doubt were the people who were a mere two or three here supporting that guy. And offering him internships into the into the United States Congress because, and I thought, oh, so maybe it was about race a little bit for you guys, because mm-hmm. they're the ones who lost their collective minds when he came out and said that. And whether or not he really believes that, I don't know. But again, well, what is that it? was a con- that was a conservative on conservative crime. So we really don't get involved. So you don't we care. As Democrats don't really get involved with, with the conservative on conservative crimes, other than to sit back and, and watch the bodies fall. Yeah. See, I don't even, I don't even know. All I have to say about that is like, so there's, and I don't know if all of the Congress and all of these political figures are asking him to work for them. I don't know if any of that's. I don't know if. Is that true? Yeah, like, I don't know if that's as, true. As soon as he was found not guilty, um, the little uh, alleged child sex trafficker down in Florida, Gates, is that his name? Matt Gates? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the senator, he said that he would probably be offering him an internship and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's that's just that's just pandering for the, for the cameras. And, and they... They turned that little guy into a, and I say little guy because he's 17 years old. Yeah, he's you know, a, again, he is he's a kid. A, well, but see, that's the argument that you can't make unless you make that same argument for all of these young African-American men that they refer to as thugs and everything else when they're arrested. And because I, one of the I things I do that, use the same argument. <laughs> and I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not fussing at you specifically. I'm yeah. just pointing that out that, you know, sometimes that's where, that's where the benefit of perhaps white supremacy rears its head. For example, well, that, wait, little, that little the, boy goes into a school and kills four people. Mm-hmm. And the first picture that they put on TV is a picture of him when he's about 
eight or nine years old with his hands clasped together at church or mass or whatever religion he subscribes to. You know, it's not his mugshot. Well, no, which I don't, I don't, I didn't see that. But when I say that he's a kid, my, my response is, I'm saying that because I'm like, first of all, he's a kid. So why are these political figures even saying stuff like they're going to put him oh, here or yeah, put him there? Because... And then, no, but on top of that, I'm like, did I vote for you after? It, I, I wouldn't, if you said, I'm going, I'm going to bring this kid in under my, under my arm and be his mentor when all my visual is, is my visual is a 17 year old with a giant gun across state lines which apparently his mom brought him see i'm 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 way against the parent i didn't even know the parent took him i thought the kid just did that and i'm like that's just a parent's job to know where your kid is and why are you letting your kid do that so my thing is he's a kid is why are they talking about him like he's a grown-up he's a kid like you i don't want you promising or bringing anybody into a political arena who is that confused and that do you see what I mean? Like to me, no, I'm just like I absolutely see what you mean. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just know why you and I both know why they did it because they're pandering. Oh well, to yeah. Their face. All right, but and isn't that the most sleazy obvious thing? So, it's the most sure. obvious thing ever. And it apparently do in this day and time, the most obvious thing makes no difference whatsoever because there have been so many things that are just the most obvious thing, and it makes no difference whatsoever. I mean, yeah. we're putting we're putting admitted people with moral failings into the highest offices in the land without blinking an eye because it's not so much what they're doing good for you and not you particular. It's what they're doing bad against the people that you don't like. That's the new mm -hmm. standard. Now, how can you hurt me? The new standard is how can you marginalize or hurt those that I don't like? And that that's the new political standard, okay? And it, it, it starts in the local mayoral race and it goes all the way up to the president of the United States. That's the new standard that the voting public in America wants to know. Not how can you help me advance, but how can you hurt those that I don't like? How can you keep them down? And that right. is never more true than in the, and you may jump on me for saying this, and that's okay, I'm a big boy, I can take it. That is never more true than in the conservative Republican Party. Well, because I completely, okay, I, I, want, I, I want to jump, these, I want no, to jump on, I want to jump on you for that. And I want to say, because I want my friends and people to tell me what they think of my podcast. But to be honest with you, when I listened to, critical race theory mm -hmm. and I don't have to say I agree with all of it any of it some of it but like as a researcher I I enjoyed learning about it and understanding it and listening to it just like this whole Mars Hill thing it's you got to learn your history to understand what's going on now I know the big thing is like what is history and not history but there's more than one person and we need to listen to everybody's history but uh, I'm losing my train of thought I am losing my train of thought dang it um Nope. What was I talking about? What did uh, I interrupt you? <laughs> you interrupted me when I said that the it is never more true because the 
certain segments oh, of people I get it. who identify as Republican consistently vote against their own best interests in order yes. to place people yes. in positions of power who will continue to hold them down. But as long as they're also holding down that person that they don't like, then they're all they're all for it. Well, our our governor, Kay Ivey, is mm-hmm. running a campaign. I was watching the SEC championship game, and she decided to preview what her first gubernatorial ad. And she comes out of the gate and sit and talks about all the things that they've done to marginalize people. We've banned critical race theory. It won't be taught in our school or something to that effect. And I'm like, well, you dumb hillbilly hit. All you're doing is saying, yes, we're going to maintain our stand as being 49th out of 50 states in education in the United States. We don't even have that to hold over Mississippi's head anymore. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, No, I want to argue because I think that's what gets people to listen to podcasts is when we disagree on the stuff. But whenever I went out and looked up a couple of podcasts of people that are conservative that I listen to and, and some are young. So I'm a little like, wow, you're pretty young doing that. I was just appalled. I was so frustrated at listening to them talk about what they didn't talk about what they knew of critical race theory. They talked about who they knew talked about it and didn't know about it, but they didn't right. talk about what they know about it. So you're right. No, it just, and, and, and honestly, I, I can't argue or tell you what I think about side or the Democrat side because I don't, I haven't listened to a lot of those podcasts, but I don't think the, I don't think the discriminology and the, and the systemic is saying, Hey, we're, we're liberal side. Listen to our theory. I think they're just saying, listen to our theory. And I, then, I, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> and I don't, and I think that we're all, everyone's getting so caught up in taking, like, if you can find what can pull the rug out from under someone's feet, you're going to do that before you can say what can help a person on the other side. Cause it's easier to take down the opposite side. I think that's what you're saying. And I, and I think that's what people are doing. And, and well, I don't know if the Democrat side is not doing that, but I just, I'm watching where I've grown and been my whole life. I just am losing respect for all of them. <laughs> I, I will say this, and I'm, I'm not just saying this as a Democrat because some may say, well, how, how did you become a Democrat? And I know that a lot of people who probably aren't listening to our podcast just naturally assume that if you're a black person, you are born and you're given your democratic committee card as soon as you are, are given your birth certificate. But that's absolutely not true. But what I have observed is in the democratic party, every time there's a push or a movement by the democratic party, it's always to expand someone's right. Whether you agree with it or not, they're looking to give someone rights, an additional right. Now, that hasn't always been true of the Democratic Party. There was obviously a switch during the 1960s with civil rights. But I will say that the new incarnation of the Democratic Party that has been around since the civil rights movement, for better or for worse, in general, their policies seem to want to expand the rights of, if not everyone, a group. On the conservative side, and I understand that conservative by nature means that you try to restrain, but in my mind, there's always a concerted effort to restrain someone's right to do something, to restrain someone's right to vote, to restrain someone's access to abortion, 
to restrain someone's liberty, which always shocks me that the people waving the American flag and talking about the Constitution of the United States are the very people that seek to restrain the liberties that are guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States. And the way that they do that, for the most part, and when I say they, I mean, I'm speaking of what I believe to be the general consensus of the conservative and Republican Party. The way that they do that is they take the very words of the U.S. and they try to conflate them and use them as a means to restrain the very liberty that the Constitution purports to offer. Now, the Constitution is a flawed document. There were thousands, probably, of rewrites of the Constitution, and all it amounts to, really, is compromise between the free states of the North and the slave-holding states of the South, and the bartering chips were actually the slaves, and the right, how those people would be counted for population control when it came to appointing representatives to the House where the seat of power sat. So I'm not saying that the Constitution is the end-all, be-all. But what I am saying is that... I think you're saying the, the opposite of that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't but think that, I heard anywhere in there that you think it is the end-all, be-all. That's, I think that's the document. Nevertheless, for better or for worse, that's the document that we have. And that that's our guidepost. And to be constantly gaslighted by by a group who purports to be all about personal liberty and and ju- justice and liberty of being, all who's being constantly gaslighted are you talking about the, the, the voters who consistently vote for these people who are championing the restriction of their own personal liberty like well, but see it, i grew up thinking i grew up actually thinking and listening and every time the Democrats, like whenever I'd see Bill Clinton or the Clintons go out and say, we're going to, you know, it's about the African-Americans. It is about the African-Americans. I just always heard probably. So kind of learning through listening to parents. And and then as I got older, watching, assuming, yeah, but you're just going to get elected and then you're going to stop helping them. You're going to stop saying, oh, the African-Americans. So I always felt like on the Democrat side, and that's how it was always posed in like in our house. And, and when I say our house, I just mean in the more conservative Republican side of it is, well, we don't not, we don't not see the same thing going on with race at the same time. I, we don't see the Democrats doing anything about it after they get elected. So what you're describing is really kind of what I feel like I learned on the opposite side of it is, yeah, we're going to say you're important, but we're going to use you to get elected. And then we're going to toss you to the side. But at the same time, like, I, I don't think opening up, and this is more me kind of in the, maybe the low other micro level, I don't know, like where I am kind of day to day, I'm not, I'm not big on opening up all these different organizations to help people. Like, cause you're saying we vote out ways to help people. We vote out liberties, but I still, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to apologize anymore for what I remember as a little girl learning from people talking about Reagan that the whole pull yourself up from your bootstraps. And I understand like maybe from, and I think now looking back as a, as a racial issue. Yeah. White people were able to pull their, up their bootstraps probably easier. I, I understand that in the context of critical race theory, I think, but for me, I, I think it was like what I do every day is I work with people to empower themselves 
because you've got to figure out how to get through your struggle. I can go out and send you to a place that's going to help you. I can go tell you that, you know, you should go to your doctor and maybe medication help you, but I still think you need to be trained in how to take care of yourself and look out for yourself and make yourself strong. And, and yeah, that's probably easier in the world that I grew up in. And, and I, and I had more than a second chance and I had more than a third chance. And I've always had some place to go back to and get help. And not everybody does black, white, Hispanic, any color, but I, I don't think, and I'm not ready to say that my conservative Republican, and I don't think I'm Republican anymore. I think I'm much more, I'm going to go close to libertarian if I, the more I learn about that, because now I'm about to go, what about libertarians? Bad. I haven't looked at that yet, but I, I, I wouldn't say I was like far the older right. Podcast. Is it like, <laughs> but my, my point is I'm not ready to throw in the towel and just say that the conservative Republican side doesn't care about people's rights and doesn't care about people's feelings and thoughts and where they are. I think we have a group that is strong, who is completely screwing up the right side, I, but I, I don't I, think we all believe that. I will say this. I don't think that you all believe that because I don't think that you believe that, but I do believe that the majority of your conservative Republican party has that belief. And it's kind of like when you were you were regaling me with what you heard with the Democrats are just saying this in order to get the votes. I think our counter is always like, yeah, but at least they're saying it. What are, what are you saying, yeah. conservative Republican? Except well, pull yourself up by your own bootstrap, which, which immediately negates the existence of systemic racism for the past 200 years after the end of slavery. Well, but so, I also think it means whenever you're, when you say that, it takes me back to you saying, I want, as long as I know who the racist is in the room, I'm fine. I'm better with him if I know him, as opposed to not knowing what he's going to do here, for me. Come, come close. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. <laughs> what? <laughs> we know who the racist is. I know you know who they are. <laughs> but that's, that's my next point is, I don't know if everybody on the right side that you look at and you say like Tucker Carlson or like all, I know, I know that you say that. And I, and I'm, I'm fine with you. Oh, I'm not saying I, I agree. I, I don't say it. He says it on an almost <laughs> nightly basis. But my point is, I don't know if they think that they are. I know that, you know, when you're he in the room. He thinks that he is because he says racist things and doubles down on it the next night. So I'm not sure where you're you're able, and I'm not saying you're defending him, but I'm not sure I'm not. where you're able to give him the benefit of the doubt when he himself is actually the one saying this. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm trying to kind of point out, I think that, which is what this whole show started for, is me saying to you, am I wrong for thinking this? And you're like, no, because you're talking about your curiosity. You defined conservative, which I thought was actually a really good idea. And I didn't think about it that way, but you're talking more about Democrats, I think as, and I could be wrong, but as people and as a group and that they, they fight for rights and they actually wanna have more rights and fight for people's freedom. And the way that I said it just a moment ago was like, kind of being a Reaganite and pulling up your bootstraps and, and saying that I think as individuals that we need to 
fight more. But the way that you defined it was, is to give less. And I see it more as government giving less and, and kind of, I don't want to use the word dictate, of course, but, you know, kind of um, pushing what they think is the agenda or what organizations are going to help the most people. And, and I, I like that. I don't dislike that. I'm not saying we shouldn't have agencies and organizations that help people, but I've always heard with government agencies, you get one started, it takes forever, but you can never get it to go away because sometimes you don't need it anymore. So mine is just more the lessening of government, but the strengthening of the individual doing it. So it's more about being conservative as in who should take those moves in the sense of, um, or taking those steps to improving themselves and getting stronger. So it's not so much, I don't, I don't disagree with you with what I think Democrats do. I think it's just more of a different angle for me and how I think about it. I want it to be more in, in my kind of what I believe should happen. No, I, I, and I understand what you're saying. I, I, I truly do. And I appreciate what you're saying and and that's a very valid opinion my my thought process is whenever i see the republican party or conservatives pushing an agenda that agenda is always in some way to marginalize typically a group and to, i mean they're not they're, they're trying to marginalize an, an entire race an entire ethnicity um and i think a perfect example of what you're saying, while I understand what you're saying, I, I disagree with the methodology is you, you say, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And, you know, that was Reagan's go-to line. These people have to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. And I, I think the, the counter argument to that is, well, first we have to have boots. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps when you have the boots. But Which if you're barefoot, I, you have right. to get to the point where you have boots to pull those straps on said boots up. Which I agree, I agree with. And that is where I, I do see the need for that. And that's why I do think, and I wonder if that's, if, we, if I think the way I think and how I, what I was raised as, as a, a young white person in, you know, a very conservative town to where it was like, oh, you just got to do it on your own. But I wasn't raised thinking of my race. You were raised thinking of your race. And I wonder if um, you kind of joked earlier about how you aren't born black and they give you, a, you know, your card that says you're going to be a Democrat or you're going to be right. liberal. Right. But, but it has to play into it somewhat in the sense of that's, that's part of you're thinking growing up as a group, as a race, and you're seeing your entire race be treated differently, which is, is me admitting to and agreeing to that, which I think right now in the United States is where that big, the big push is or the big, um, whatever you call it. I don't <laughs> The big golf. <laughs> <laughs> the big what? <laughs> golf. There, there is a, there's a divergence of opinion as yes, to whether or not um, certain. Which, yeah. So races are, are marginalized and have been marginalized and that, that brings us back to critical race theory and it does you know, and i yeah oh and i cut you off i'm sorry no go ahead. Um, go ahead i wanted i wanted to touch on the rise and fall of mars hill um which i brought up earlier which was a little bit random i'm possibly for some people but as i talked about it i was telling everyone that it was it's very daunting and difficult for me to listen to and i think one of the reasons it is difficult for me to listen to that is because 
like you said, that young pastor preacher who is 27, I give somewhat of an excuse for being young and just not knowing and getting too powerful. And you're like, uh, no, he is a grown up. He can make grown up decisions. I think what scares me is I think that we are all who this podcast is talking about. We, we all have the possibility of getting too big for our britches and getting too powerful in what we believe and dismissing what other people think and dismissing other people, which brings me to critical race theory. And I think it's a very similar issue that we have as me as a white person. I don't know about other people, but listening to it, I kind of can see the, where you could get defensive and where you could go, wait a minute, that's not me, but that's not the point. The point is critical race theory is talking about someone is talking about themselves and it's not me, but I am in that and I affect that and I affect it now. And so I think coming back around, it's, is it just a fear that we're all that, that person who feels their power and goes too far and doesn't think about other people? That is, that's what it is for me. I, I think that that's a very personal choice that people make though. I mean, you know, the mantra is, you know, pigs get fat hogs get slaughtered uh, that's a very southern term and and i think a lot of and, and i'm i guess i'm picking on the evangelical pastors but i think a lot of those pastors have gotten too quote-unquote big for their britches and and i don't think it's because they were lured into the the lifestyle of riches and i believe that a lot of them had a concerted agenda to to become famous to become popular and and to become rich and 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 have all the trappings of luxury that goes along with that i mean see i just i don't know i think just as much as people who are filled with unkindness and possible evil can can actually change and learn and become kind and become loving people i think that we can be loving people and we can get swayed and we can get caught up in the humanness of it and become yeah, power hungry, I guess you could uh, say. No, I, absolutely. I absolutely agree that that can happen. It's just, I don't believe that in the typical case of the of the televangelist, um, that that's what has happened. I, I believe that they start out a certain way and they use the, the Bible and the church and the trappings of, of Christianity and religion to dupe people into paying them large sums of money. And it, it feeds that ego that was already there. That's, of course, that's just my belief. See, maybe our beliefs are that way because again, going back to how we were raised and what we've seen the people around us treated like and think and, and how we've, we've been expected to act or assumed to be, to be like. So yours is really more on a group and mine is more on individual again. Yeah, I mean, it is on a group, but it's it's sort of like there is a particular pastor that um, he, he's in your state of Texas, and they recently found over half a million dollars stuffed in the bathroom wall. <laughs> I have um, a hard time not laughing at this. This is terrible. And, well, I um, think I think we you know use what? the word I, pastor I loosely. To, I used to think, man, that guy is, that's a great guy. You know, I, I, I really like what he's saying. And then I begin to think, but wait a minute. I mean, if what he's saying is true, then shouldn't all of his 
church members be driving $400,000 Lamborghinis and not just him? So think about what you were drawn to him because you liked him. We all went to his, we went to his church together. It was a long time ago. And you're like, hey, when I come to Texas, I want to go see this preacher. And we're like, okay. And I listened to him on, I'd seen him a couple of times. That was back when it was really just on television, I guess. Right. But right. that's the thing is, I I listened to him. And I think that is the scary part is I think it can happen to all of us. And I think that is the scary part of critical race theory. I think as a white person listening to that, reading that and listening to people talk, I think underneath it's the fear that that is, was that me? Did, you know, was that something? Because I don't, I honestly, I have a question. I think we should probably end on this because we have a long podcast now. But whenever we watch the, whenever you see the old TV clips or you see the pictures and you see the civil rights movement and you see the one white person or the two or three white people over there that have the signs up and that are supporting the civil rights movement and that are, that are walking with the, um, with the people who are black or African-Americans. I don't think white, I, I wonder, I assume we always look back and go, that's who I would be. Like, I assume I would be that white person, but I don't think we were there. And I think that we have to all assume we all could end up being a little bit like Judas. And I think everybody's scared of that. Uh, Right. And, and I think that, um, I think it's aptly said that the big problem that most older white people have with critical race theory is that they don't want their grandchild knowing that they threw rocks at Ruby Bridges when mm-hmm. she was trying to go to school, you know, at six years of age, and that they spat on people and called them names and that they they did things to marginalize, you know, they attended lynching picnics in the in the city park and and things like that. And see, I don't think they're thinking about it. I don't think they're disliking because they're thinking they did that, but that's someone who I actually don't think I'm racist. So I don't think I would be sitting there going, wait a minute. I'm actually thinking back going, have I done anything to create it? You know, something that is negative. And, and that's where I wonder if people look back at those pictures and go, I would be the one holding that sign that is mean. I would be, you know, I don't think anybody's going to go, Oh, Hey, this was me, but I think maybe there are. And that's what, well, I mean, a lot of, go ahead. I just, I think that's what a lot of white people don't assume because since I've been talking to you, it's like, you know who the racist is in the room because you've been treated a certain way all your life. You can pick up on it. I think we, right. when we come from a certain background, we can pick up on it when people walk in the room. Yeah. But I also think that I'm losing my train of thought again, but I, I lost my train of thought. I hate that. It was a really good point. Well, I, I oh, think that... no, I'm sorry. A quick, I just no, remember thing, is even though you might know who they are in the room, they might not know it. Oh, they, they don't know, know that. See, they I know. don't think that they do. I think a lot of them don't know that. And then you have the group that absolutely know, but they don't think anything's wrong with it. So they don't agree with the term. I, I mean, there's got to be a continuum of extremes and non-extremes. <laughs> no, I, 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 am thrilled, I am fully convinced that the racist knows that they're racist. Now, I also know that the one thing that a racist hates being called is a racist. And so they will say, that's not me. I'm not racist. How dare you call me a racist? All the while, 
saying things in the comfort of their own home or somewhere outside of earshot, you know, that's when you have those conversations or they have those conversations that they wouldn't have in the general public. And so I, I think, I think a lot saying, of us are, I, I think a lot of us are surprised that that is happening. And I think that's, what's throwing. A but why, big group of why, people. why does that surprise you that that would be happening? It, that it people did. would be having, it, it surprises you that people would be having racist conversations at home. It surprises me that it is happening as much as it has, has and is happening because that's that really? is that that whole woke community where we grew up with it. Oh, okay. Well, everybody's going to the same school now. We're all good because we didn't grow up with it being difficult. So like, I got to say, am I wrong for thinking this in here somewhere? I know that I am. That's what I think learning. The more we learn, the more I listen and read and talk to you, the more I actually and more comfortable with what I'm hearing in the news. I'm not getting mad at it. And I'm not saying I agree with all of it, but I'm also understanding why yeah. it's being talked about. And so that's yeah. that part of like, maybe it's about time. Maybe, maybe now's the time to think a little bit like Michelle Obama and go, you know, I'm starting to get proud of America for starting to talk and starting to understand each other or try. And see, from, from my viewpoint, it's, it's that's no that's not a a source of pride for me it's it's just more shaking my head going so it's 2021 and we're just now starting to really think it's a good idea to talk about this stuff and you okay. still have a core yeah. group of people <laughs> pushing back against the idea of talking which about is, anything which is fine but it's what you said earlier. You're like, well, at least the Democrats are putting us on the ticket with them. I'm like, when are you? When it, when can you go? Oh, okay, great. You're bringing it up because what I think I'm doing is difficult. It's kind of going. I'm swimming upstream of something I've no, never I, believed before. So we I have agree. to have some kind of like, hey, this is great. Let's keep going. As opposed to, well, it's about time you got here. And I'm like, well, never mind. I don't want to be here. Like this. Well, yeah, and I, and, I, and I can see how you would say, never mind, I don't want to be here. But you, I think you have to understand it from from my standpoint and, and some some other minority standpoint that this is nothing new. You know, when, when you guys talk about getting woke and, and, and becoming woke, my thought process is, yeah, but if you never go to sleep, you don't have to worry about getting woke. Right, and I but, say that but, to say, we've been seeing this for years. You know, this is nothing new under the sun. Which again is in a way of shaming me once I get there. And how am I no, going to be okay to stay there? <laughs> it's like you, your stand has to give a little. You got, you have to give a little and go, hey, because we're walking into a territory that, you know, we've been told all of our ancestors have has created to be hostile. But as soon as I get there and I don't feel like I want to do what my ancestors did, I've still got the hostility. So how am I and supposed is, to stay? It is a very brave position that that people like yourself, white people like yourself take because even though you may not end up dead like like the civil rights workers who came down and tried to to you know sign people up to vote and exercise a constitutional right you could still face, you know, the social blowback of it. So no, not for a second do I 
do I minimize or or delegitimize legitimatize what you what you are that doing? Works. What I'm saying is, I get it. It's just you know, if you think it's going to change overnight, you're in for a rude awakening. Because... But again, I didn't walk up with the sign that said, hey, okay, we're good now. I walked up saying, I want to be a part of this and understand. And I think Very... that's where that has to be accepted in some form or fashion. Or a it's... very, very valid point. And, and I agree yeah. with you completely. And I think that it's, it, it is myopic of, of someone like myself to say, yeah, well, come on in and join the party. But, you know, we've been we've been here for the long heart. No, you're absolutely right because it is generational and it will take an entire generation. And I say this all the time and, and people look at me like I'm, I'm the devil, but it's going to take an entire generation of racists dying off. It really yeah. is. Well, it's going to take an entire generation of like the tops of churches dying off for everything to shift within all of it. Sure. And, and I think you're right, but the only way that it'll be different once that happens is if we all start being accepting of each other and communicating but, together. But and, keep in mind, those, those people that were holding the other signs that said mm -hmm. things like, go home, nigger, those mm -hmm. people are still alive too. I think okay. that's, that is the humbling part is, and some are my age, and I know those that. Those people are your age, and mm -hmm. those, those people are my age, and those people walk among mm -hmm. us. Okay. Yeah. So it's our those job are the people that, you know, those are the people that now have a problem with critical race theory and things like that, because in their heart of hearts, they truly believe what they were saying 50 years ago, 60 mm -hmm. years ago. They truly believe that. And they still, still believe it today. And they taught it to some of their kids. It's still baffling. It's just, it's, 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 I don't even know the word. Like it is not humbling or baffling. It just, I don't understand it. And I know it's there. And so if, for me, just to be okay with starting to understand it, I, I get why it's hard as a white person to listen to all of it. But mm -hmm. I also, I also hear you and you're like, okay, I understand you might socially be dinged a little bit, but has nothing to, that's not even close to what goes on in my life all day and every day, which I get that too. But I, I mean, I can't. I can't compete with yeah, that. And I'm, I'm not like, saying that it's an all day, every day thing, but well, you know, nor, nor, yeah. am I, nor do I ever want to, to, to lessen the, um, the stand that, that people such as yourself take in this day and age, because yeah. again, you know, you may not get chased by a bunch of redneck backwood hillbillies because you're, you're siding with, with, with what they yeah. refer to as the Negro, but, you you could still face blowback and, and isolation because of that. So again, I guess what I'm saying is tent's wide enough for everyone. Because that's what the Democrats say. We have a big tent, you know. Yeah, I don't know yet. And in the words of Abraham <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> About the tent. Or the Democrats, not the All right, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna have to wrap it up. Greg, you might have lost your your AirPods, but um, thank y'all for listening, and we will we'll see you next time.